Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the Novacare Complex. Happy 4th of July week to everyone out there. Hope you are healthy and happy and ready for some Eagles football in just a few weeks. The players report to the Novacare Complex on July 27th. Drum roll, please. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the 2021 Eagles training camp at the Novacare Complex. And of course, there are two open practices. So make sure you make your way to Lincoln Financial Field and check out Nick Sirianni's football team. Uh, This is going to be fun seeing a new head coach, a quarterback ready for his starting debut, kind of, if you will. The start of something special for the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, it is going to be quite something to enjoy. We've got a great podcast for you here today. We're going to hear in just a bit from Jason Kelsey, who spent an afternoon at a Sea Isle City bar, an institution here at the Jersey Shore, the Ocean Drive. Kelsey serving as the guest bartender for four hours, and he raised $100,000. He and thousands of Eagles fans showing up to support the Eagles Autism Challenge. Incredible, incredible work from Kelsey, from the fans, and we'll hear from Jason about that event and what it means to take part in the community in just a bit here. But first up, Brandon Brown, his, he's been with Eagles since 2017. He's just been promoted to Director of Player Personnel, and he represented the Eagles at the inaugural Ozzie Newsom GM Summit presented by the NFL and the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Really interesting stuff here. Brandon Brown, a rising star with the Eagles and in the NFL, and he joins me here to talk about his takeaways from that summit, his job responsibilities, his day-to-day duties, and hey, any of you out there who want to be in the NFL in the personnel world, well, Brandon Brown may just deliver the tips you need to get your career started. So without further ado, Brandon Brown, the Eagles Director of Player Personnel here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. This is something pretty cool. The NFL had the inaugural Ozzie Newsom General Manager Summit presented by the NFL and the Black College Hall of Fame. And the Eagles representative, Brandon Brown, the director of player personnel, who joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Brandon, how are you today? Dave, pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. I'm great. My pleasure. I want to hear all about this. Let's first uh, kind of track your career. Um, Start Played football in college, right? Big time player. Big time player, right? Uh, no, so one double A, well, formerly one double A, but FCS at uh, at a Fordham University. Uh, went there as initially as a uh, running back and um, cornerback, and ended up being a uh, four year cornerback there before uh, taking my my rest of career. Did you ever in your life, Brandon, think that maybe the NFL you'd be here as a player? No, I was all I was real, very realistic. I um, I had a lot of good mentors um, growing up, some of who have had NFL experience, whether playing or working in the front office at some capacity. And um, I just knew, you know, um, God didn't bless me with uh, with great size. So I knew there was going to be a, a ceiling on my abilities, but I wanted to maximize myself as much as I could. You started in the business of football at Boston College as a recruiting specialist. Um, you know, so many people want to get into the business, right? Like, how do you make that transition from a player into the business of recruiting or personnel or even coaching? 
Yeah, it's uh, pretty layered. So um, it's really much working your network. So to start off, before I was at Boston College, I was actually at University of Central Florida um, working in football compliance while I was in law school. And um, through just networking and really finding the niche. And when I say finding the niche is um, there's so many different network pools, but it's finding people that have commonalities with you um, and in working that network to see if you can break in and really trying to provide value. And at Boston College, um, I met uh, while I was there, I served as a pro liaison. So I actually met all of the pro scouts, and whether it's pro from the pro side as director, as college side, as college scouts or um, front office executives that would come in to see our draft eligible players. And during that time, I was able to, uh, you know, kind of create some good relationships and uh, served as a platform into uh, segueing into the NFL. Interesting. So, so how, how what was that jump from BC to the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah. So, uh, prior to my time at Boston College, I actually was uh, with the New York Jets um, as a training camp intern. And while I was with the New York Jets, I, you know, made a pretty good relationship with that staff that was there. Um, wanted more of a leadership role uh, that came available due to due to Boston College experience. And uh, what I was able to do while I was at Boston College was just find those guys that identified with, that I thought shared you know, a lot of the same values that I had, that I wanted to grow with, that I admired in the profession. And uh, from there, just an opportunity through some scouts that I met uh, that came through from Indianapolis and kind of gave me a platform to come in and transition back to the pro side. All right, we, we, let's, we'll go through your, your process, but I do want to talk a, a little bit at the top here about the Ozzie Newsome GM Summit. And of course, Ozzie Newsome, the legendary general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, um, a pioneer um, in the business. Somebody, I think, you know, I, I got to tell you, Brandon, I, I don't think I've heard anybody ever say a bad word about Ozzie Newsom. Have you? No, no. I mean, I think he's he's a trailblazer. I mean, not only in the scouting world, but for also, you know, um, maybe the unrepresented minorities that are in the, the, the scouting profession. But I think he's universally regarded, regardless of your background, of, of you know, wanting the one of the pioneers and one of the uh, the blueprints for being a successful uh, personnel executive. All right. So so this summit was a virtual summit. Uh, what were some of the takeaways that you had kind of set us up and and take us through the whole process? Yeah, you know, you know, overall, I thought it was a good experience that uh, for me reinforced certain philosophies and processes that I personally believe in. Um, just certain things in regards to communication, leadership, uh, people and personality management, uh, you know, making uh, tactical decisions. Um, also seeing the big picture from uh, an organizational standpoint and just really understanding the nature of the job that you're not just a talent evaluator in the general manager role, but also, you know, other things like crisis management that come about. And, you know, there's probably about seven topics that were covered uh, from a group of multiple panelists. And, you know, we talked about things from head coach and club ownership relations uh, to the college and pro scouting process to the salary cap. Um, to even the interview prep process, to handling media and agent relations, and just you know an overall executive roundtable of a Q and A session for any individualized questions. So, Brandon, when you when you leave this summit, you feel like you're more prepared if that is the route that your career takes for you. I mean, did you feel like you're already kind of you're aware of all of those topics, and this was reinforcement? Yeah, I thought it was great reinforcement. It's almost like when you're preparing for a job or you aspire for the job, you know, Dave, you kind of say you have your checklist, right, of, hey, I need to be efficient in these certain areas. And to hear from certain 
former general managers that have said, hey, neither this is how I approached it as I was getting in. These are things I wish I did better. So it almost kind of helps you restructure your roadmap and say, hey, check, I feel really good about this. You know, it's been con confirmed verse, uh, by multiple sources. And you take that or you take the things that you think that you may need to work on more in your own time of, of personal development of, I want to get sharper here in a certain area. So I think it's a really good uh, experience from a, a self-reflection piece of knowing this is where I am, this is where I need to go, and this is where I'm really strong at. It's a summit that I wish every aspiring you know, what person who wants to be a general general manager, because I've, I hear from so many people who think, ah, I want to be a general manager. It can't be that hard. It's making trades, it's drafting, it's managing the salary cap, it's managing the roster, but it certainly is a whole lot more, isn't it? It's 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 managing relationships, it's managing a building, it's having the big picture view, it's knowing when you're to say you're wrong and knowing when to say you're right and knowing who you can trust and who you can't trust, among many other things, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. And I think, you know, during this process, it's almost like you create your own um, style, right? And you you pick, it's no different than any other in this industry. You pick and you borrow things that um, certain people do well, and you kind of make it into your own style. And that becomes your, um, you know, your leadership personality and brand as you go forward and hopefully achieving one of these roles. Brandon, um, at, at what point in your career, like early on, you're, you start with the, the Colts as a scouting assistant, 2015. For A, what is that job? Um, what like specifically do you do? And then the next year, you're an advanced scout, which you're you're scouting the opponents on the Colts' upcoming schedule. I mean, any, at any point in your mind, are you thinking this is the this is the pro this is the path that I'm going to take, and I'm going to be a general manager someday? You know, I, I think you can't you can't look at it as as that trajectory. At least I didn't. You know, I look at it. At, I looked at it always as saying master and, and, and be a highly efficient operator on what's on your plate. And that will allow you the opportunity to do more. It doesn't give doesn't guarantee that you'll do more, but it gives you the platform. And I always you know, look at it from the standpoint of, you know, I call it servant leadership where you want to be make everyone's job easier. You want to provide value. And while you're providing value, you want to be accurate, be able to anticipate and be consistent. And when I say accurate, I mean, in terms of your evaluation of players and your and your day to day duties, don't make anybody's job easier by by even as a scouting assistant, making uh, tests incomplete that have to be rechecked twice or create doubt in your work. And anticipation is a sudden change. It's no different than being a player where uh, there's always gonna be curveballs, adjust to it and take it in stride and handle it um, under pressure. And then consistency is doing those things over and over and over at a high level where people that are working with you, maybe in your department or other departments, see you as someone that's a valuable piece. And to me, that gives you the platform to ascend. And that's all. that's always been my mindset. Is there only one way to climb the ladder or have you learned that there's a whole lot of different ways that you can go about this thing? If, if there's a multiple ways, I don't know it. I'd, I'd love to hear it. But uh, to me, I just feel like being efficient on the job and being a valuable piece that can't be replaced. Um, when, you, when you're ultimately viewed as such and the reputation that you've created amongst your peers in the building and your peers in the industry, um, 
that when that all aligns, that's what gives you the, the in my opinion, the ingredient to move up. And then the second part of that is time. Timing is everything. You may not get the job when you want it, but it may be a meeting of, hey, this is the right time. Plus, you're ready. Brandon, you joined the Eagles in 2017. You were uh, obviously the key to the team's success, winning Super Bowl 52. Uh, a whole um, a myriad of things have to come together there. Um, what was it like walking into a situation like that as an assistant director of pro scouting and going through such a crazy season with such dominance, so many injuries, um, the, 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 the top seed in the playoffs? I mean, going getting Jay Ajayi at the trade deadline. I mean, so many things happened on the pro side. It, it must have been an incredibly invaluable experience. Yeah, it was uh, probably the highlight of my, my career to date. And it, it was an invaluable experience. I think it was, you know, a, a mixture of catching catch lightning in, in the bottle at a certain point, but also building a strong culture. And to me, it's like when your culture is strong, it's the difference between building a house on sand and a house on concrete, right? You know, when when you have the house on concrete, you can withstand the, the you know, the flooding, the, the, the turbulent, you know, uh, um, climates. And to me, that's the equivalent of injuries, which we did have that Super Bowl year. Um, the equivalent of, you know, players maybe underperforming and or having a bad game, but then other guys stepping up. Um, so I think when the locker room is so strong and your culture is strong, it's almost like the level of accountability is on supercharged level of, of a 10 where guys play for each other, don't want to let each other down. And that permeates through the building. All right. For Brandon Brown, then you get promoted to director of pro scouting in 2019. What does that mean? Just for people who don't understand what that job description is, please enlighten us. Yeah, so Dave, just in in, in a general, highly bullet point um, sense, you know, overseeing the pro scouting department is everything that's encompassed in understanding the league, um, preseason scouting, um, setting the table for our, our, our advanced scouting reports, which are the, the scouting reports that go to our coaching staffs that become a part of them uh, formulating, formulating their game plan. You know, there's so much tape and film out there week to week on our opponent, what they've done, back-end players, guys who get hurt and get elevated to the active roster off of practice squad. And um, it's our job to know it accurately and tell the coaches, hey, this is this is uh, what they do well. This is what they don't do well. This is how can we can attack and exploit their weaknesses. And this is where they're strong. And I think, you know, we're part of that early week table setting process. And then you look towards um, knowing what's out there on the street, you know, the street as in players who are not on a team, you know, which guys could potentially help us in terms of in a 53 man capacity, which guys could help us in a practice squad capacity because we're always looking to get better and create competition. And then, you know, you look through getting through the season, you know, you're, you're constantly doing free agents evaluation. So almost just like you have a draft board for the, for the draft every April, you know, you have your free agency board where uh, the pro department will put together of just per position where guys sit going into that, that last year of their contract, which guys can help us in terms of uh, maybe plugging a hole or filling a void and uh, where we can get better. So, you know, that's part of that reason. And we also um, scour the other leagues, the, the, the non-sexier leagues, you call it the, the, uh, the CFL, the Canadian Football League, any of the, the arena or spring leagues um, that have popped up over the past couple of years. And can we know players that are, can help us come in all shapes and sizes? And there's guys that um, come overlooked, and I think we pride ourselves in, 
in our personnel department of no stone, un stone unturned. And that's how you really find value at a, at a cheaper price if, if you find one of those guys and they can help you. Do you lament the demise of the Arena League? Or I guess, I don't know if it's coming back at some point, but hey, it was another, another playground for aspiring NFL players, more talent, more chance to develop your skills, and now it's gone. Yeah, Dave, I, I kind of look at it, I look at the secondary market as one of a whole. It's, it's all one and the same for me, where I look at the CFL, Arena League, Spring League, XFL, you know, that's a secondary market. And I think, you know, the market is very bare in terms of guys that can help you on the NFL level. But to me, you do your due diligence, you go through the process. Um, now, there may, may not always be fruitful, but you always got to make sure that you don't miss on a guy. And I just think it's a part of the process. And you and we do it every year. And, um, you know, you look at our roster, you look at a guy like Alex Singleton, who's on our roster right now, who's former CFL product. And um, they don't come along every year. But when they do, you want to make sure you're in the mix to get them. Yeah, he's done a great job. Um, led the team in tackles last year. Your title now is Director of Player Personnel. Brandon, can you tell us what is that title mean? What is the job description? Yeah, so Dave, I'll still you know be overseeing the uh, pro scouting process, um, but you know with the additions of crossover into the college scouting process, you know with uh, helping set the table for for the draft in the fall, doing some school visits. Um, like I said, it's it's helping. I call it in a football solution role um, for Andy Waddle and Howie Roseman, where. Um, I kind of look at it as I pick picking up and filling and plugging the hole of wherever I'm needed. And I just think it's uh, some, something that I can help expand on, you know, my past role as a pro scouting director, where it um, allows me to just touch more departments in a uh, more meaningful way. And I'm excited for the opportunity. That's awesome. Hey, for, for somebody who wants to get into the business, what skills do they need? I mean, what advice would you have? How do you start? How do you how do you chase your dream and actually reach it? Yeah, Dave, there's a couple things I'd probably say that are critical for someone trying to break into the business or who has been into the business and is now out. I think it's, you know, don't be risk averse. Um, make sure you take the risks and you bet on yourself, uh, but in a uh, in an accurate manner, in, in a manner where you weigh the pros and the cons. Um, then timing is key. You know, you may be ready for an opportunity, but based on, you know, there's 30, 32 clubs, there may not be an opportunity that's ready for you in a certain cycle, but don't let that be discourage you. And like I said, with your network, find commonalities and network that you want to break into. And what I mean by that, Dave, is there may be someone in a scouting department who's a director or a scout that may have went to your alma mater, right? May have went to your, your former high school and um, work that lane. And, and work that lane as in that's an area of common ground where that can help create a relationship that wasn't there before that can create a potential opportunity for, uh, for you to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting or potential interview. And secondly, you know, alongside those factors, work your craft. You don't have to be employed by an NFL team to get prepared and sharpen your, your toolbox for the job. Um, in this new day and age, there's always a, a manner in which you can, can watch film. So my thing is prepare for the opportunity and don't just wait for the opportunity to become available. Thank you very much for the segue. Uh, how do you watch film? How does one become good at watching film? How does one even know that they're good or bad at watching film? How do you, I, it seems like such a you're looking at so much on the field. So much is going on for the novice. How do they learn to get better? So, Dave, I kind of sum it up in two words, constructive reps. And when I, when I say constructive reps and not just reps, because mere activity 
of time on the job doesn't equate to one's aptitude or achievements. Um, you want to, it's just it's practicing the right way. More, you, it's synonymous in any industry. You want to become an expert, but you want to create good habits in studying your craft. So you don't have to have played football at a high level or even played football at all to become a good scout. But what I think you have to do is you have to work on beating the learning curve through developing a strong baseline. And through that baseline, you want to learn at each position, whether it's on the college side or pro side, you know, the degree of proficiency. You want to know what's excellent, what's very good, what's average, what's below average, what's poor. And that gives you a baseline of where to place players in certain buckets. And the more guys you watch, the bigger your library grows because it's time on task. Um, the more you'll be able to feel confident and speak with conviction on on players and give recommendations. And I think that's how you, I quote unquote, put your skins on the wall on um, on finding players. Brandon, it's been, I guess, what, seven years here you've been in the league. Um, so how has it changed? The, the game has changed a bit, right? Uh, I wonder how that has changed in terms of the players and, and what roles they fit on the field and how that kind of impacts your evaluation. Yeah, I think, I think Dave, I think it's twofold. I think the, the player has changed in terms of the role on the field, and I think the athlete has changed off the field. Um, I think on the field, I think football is transitioning to being positionless football. And I think well, I say positionless because, you know, offenses are looking to create uh, mismatches through hybrid players. And, and on, conversely, on the other side, defenses are looking to solve mismatches through certain hybrid players. And um, on the NFL level, we are, you know, we, we only can get what the college game gives us. And, you know, guys change in size from, you know, your former um, hybrid linebacker who is maybe, you know, six foot, 215 pounds, um, is now in vogue versus, you know, call it 10 years ago, this guy's too small. So I think, you know, you don't have, so much the 240 to 250 pound linebacker anymore. And I think these positionless guys, you look in the offensive side, whether it's your your hybrid tight end that can flex out and create mismatches in the passing game, or your hybrid running back that can create mismatches and can be moved around like a chess piece. And then you teams covet those chess pieces and it makes it harder on defenses to defend those chess pieces. So I think from a football standpoint, that's what's changed in my time. And then I think it's a different era of athlete, you know, not only on the field, but off the field. Um, you know, these are young, young guys who are coming into the league as, as young as 21 years old. And um, they have different interests now, right? There's, there's more distractions, more opportunities in the social media age. You know, there's more self-branding that goes on. And uh, I think you have to take that all into account when one um, evaluating the player uh, and the person at the same time. All right, last one here. Uh, let's get back to the summit. Um, what will you use that you learned and apply it to your Eagles job experience? I think the biggest takeaway for me, Dave, is continue to have high level transparency and clarity in all my communication. And when I say all my communication, it's across various departments. It's making sure that there's no gray area in uh, what tasks are being uh, shared and um, you know what subjects are being talked about and that everyone leaves feeling good about the conversation and uh, can carry out what they need to do and and just help help me help them in terms of serving and I call it a you know servant leadership role and um, just an all hands on deck where, where I feel like we're all part of this football solution stand you know standpoint of hey no ego and what can we do to provide value to achieve the organ overall organizational goal. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly you 
ultimately someday do want to be a GM, correct? Oh, 100%. I, th- I think that's that's a goal um, that I think, you know, majority of people in this business have. But I, I always say I want to do it the right way. You know, um, I have to master what's currently on my plate before I look ahead. And I always I'm a firm believer of my personal goals will always align with the team goals. And I say that because when you're successful, everyone gets rewarded. And you just look at the, the past history in Philadelphia. You know, we we have a great pedigree of developing future general managers. So I think, you know, you, you keep your head down, you do the right work, you help people along the way, and, and an avenue will be created. It may not be in, in the time that you want it, but it, it'll come at when the, the, you know, all the factors come in and uh, meet at the right point. That's awesome. Well, listen, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna enjoy you as long as we can keep you in Philadelphia. Um, so I really appreciate your time, Brandon Brown. Director of Player Personnel, Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking on the inaugural Ozzie Newsom General Manager Summit presented by the NFL and the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Brandon, thank you so much. Have a happy 4th of July. And we'll see you when the NovaCare Complex opens up on July 19th. Dave, I appreciate you having me. Look forward to getting back into NovaCare and, and excited for training camp to start. All right, my man. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate you. All right, that is great stuff from Brandon Brown. We thank him very, very much for all of that because, hey, you know, I hear it all the time from people. They want to get in the business. How do they get in the business? It's just not that easy. But if you keep pushing and you keep chasing your dreams, right, you never know when it's going to happen for you. So I think it's really cool. All right, uh, speaking of cool, I mean, is there anybody cooler than Jason Kelsey? We know that he is just the man. And that speech after the Super Bowl win, pretty amazing. Um, so last week, I went down to the shore and checked out a bar called the Ocean Drive in Sea Isle City. And, you know, the Jersey Shore is a happening place. And an hour before the event, there were people lined up around the corner for the event. Ultimately, four hours turned into $100,000 for the Eagles Autism Challenge, the foundation, uh, the race, the, the Eagles Autism Challenge is August 21st at Lincoln Financial Field. By the way, that is uh, one of the two dates during which the Eagles are going to have public availability, a kind of a weekend date, if you will. Sunday, August 8th, public availability for the first public practice at Lincoln Financial Field, 7 o'clock. And then the second public practice scheduled for August 22nd, one day after the Eagles Autism Challenge. It was a great, great event. And Kelsey talked during the event, took a few minutes out and discussed what it means to be part of it, uh, how he got involved and his relationship with Eagles fans. And it is, in fact, a legendary relationship. This has been a great event so far and uh, I can't thank the OD enough and the guys for lending their time. Um, everybody really pitched in, and it's going to be awesome, man. Ryan's very humble, but uh, she's a hustler, man. She's uh, Ever since she uh, started the EAC uh, Challenge and uh, Eagles Autism Foundation, uh, in three short years, they've raised over $10 million uh, through a pandemic. Um, I mean, she is always on top of it, and um, you know, we were just down here. We're really good friends with her. My wife is an instructional aide, and her and Ryan have formed a relationship, and um, you know, she, it happened very, very quickly. I think everybody was on board, and Everybody's really fired up to make this happen. 
Oh, for yeah. I mean, obviously, anytime you can back to a community, but I mean, this cause in particular, obviously, the Eagles are behind it. Uh, my family has close ties with my wife is an instructional aide. She works with uh, kids on the spectrum and special needs children. So, um, you know, we've been uh, invested in this for a while. So the fact that it could all uh, come full circle and the Eagles really made a push forward and uh, now we're at this point, it's, it's awesome. It's great, man. I mean, um, you know, I was wondering how it was going to turn out, you know, Wednesday, middle of the day, who's going to show up. But um, there's a lot of energy out there right now and uh, we're raising a lot of money. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't really try and be uh, anything that I'm not. And I think fans, especially in Philadelphia, appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think uh, I just try and be as, um, as as much of myself as I can be, uh, not try and, you know, get a big head or anything like that because I certainly don't have one. And, um, you know, I really just uh, try and, you know, engage with the fans as, as, as in a real way as possible. And um, I think they reciprocate that. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're really passionate about EAC, but, you know, just be involved in the community. I mean, I think that um, the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia have been ingrained for a very, very long time. And, um, you know, anything that any player does to give back to the community, I'm in, uh, uh, you know, in awe of. I mean, whether you're starting your own foundation, whether you're donating to other foundations, giving your time, whatever, um, this is all part of the job, in my opinion. And um, uh, the Eagles have done a great job historically of that. And um, I was brought up through that culture, so it's part of my job to show the young guys that this is what it is to be an Eagle. What's your bartending experience prior to today? Uh, pretty much zero. I've done it a couple times. Um, but um, but very minimal. I was more of the bouncer working the door in college. I didn't do too much behind the bar. So um, this is new for me. What's the toughest drink you've made today? The toughest one. They're, they're, make, they're keeping it easy on me. I'd probably say, you know, vodka soda or a rum and coke has been the toughest one. Somebody ordered margaritas. I had to pass that one off. So. A lot of jello shots. Those went quick. Those were very quick. Yeah. Okay, that'll do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I want to thank Peter Kelly and Ray Doyle for their great work. Thank all of you. For joining us each and every week, we're going to take next week off and come back when the NovaCare Complex is open for good, full time. In the meantime, everyone, thanks for joining. If you have a moment to drop us a review, please do so in the details section of your podcast library. So we take a pause. We're going to come back strong with Training Camp 2021 right in front of us. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly.